Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun and happy Veterans Day. I'm Annie F. Down. So happy to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Drew Holcomb. His new album is called Dragons. I hope you will grab a copy and give it a spin. It's so, so good. We wanted to be real intentional today and celebrate Veterans Day. So first of all, thank you to all of our friends who are listening, who have served in the armed forces, who are serving in the armed forces, or whose family member is serving. We are so, so grateful. We know, based on our stats, that there are a lot of you guys listening from other countries. And that's, my guess is, some of you are serving our country in other countries, and I just wanted to say thank you for that. That means a lot to me. Kristen Strong is a friend I've had for many years, and she is part of a military family. Her husband served for many years, as you'll hear in our conversation. And so I thought, man, she is the exact right woman I want to have on the show today. So if you are a military wife or military husband, if you are in the military yourself, we thought of you so much in this episode. If you have friends like that in your life, would you send them this episode? Because Kristen has some real good words for people who are serving in this specific way. And Kristen has a new book that just came out this fall called Back Roads to Belonging that I think you're going to love. So here is our conversation with my good friend, Kristen Strong. Yeah, do you hear the difference? I can pretend I'm Carrie Underwood recording. Oh, oh yes, that's right. <laughs> is she your favorite? I mean, I know you love Lady Annabelle, but... Lady Annabelle is my favorite. By far. Oh, that new music they've put out. Oh, Kristen. I'm losing my mind. I know. I know. That, uh, what if I never get over, get over you? you? <laughs> oh, Listen, even one of my sons was like, Mom, that song hits a little too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, like a five-year-old can be like, it's too much for me. I mean, that song is so real to me. I, I When it came out, I like said on Insta Story, I was like, I promise y'all, I'm not even close to brokenhearted right now. And that song is messing with I know. me. I know. No. It's unbelievable. It, it does me too, and I'm not brokenhearted either. But it it's just the mm-hmm. way they sing it, and then when they I've heard them singing on you know Jimmy Fallon and whatnot, yeah. and it's so good. Uh, right? Where you did you see them at Red Rocks? Is that what I remember? No, we no. saw them at Fiddler's Green uh, oh, that's in Denver. Right. That's yeah, right. So no. I love every time you see them, you're always like, look here I am. I, I know. Like, love it. And they're sweet because they go out to the poor side, like uh, like they don't just stay on stage. They go yes, out yes, into yes, the yes, audience, yes. like so. It's like you feel like you're a little closer to him. Who so. else do you love in country music? We've never talked love, about this. <laughs> Keith Urban. Okay. I do like Carrie Underwood because she's yeah. an Okie and I'm an Okie. Oh, that's right. So I like all the Okies. I yeah. like Garth Brooks. I like Reba McIntyre. Um, I love Reba. Oh, Reba. Yeah. Can, you, can you imagine the day when I get like Reba and Garth? <laughs> Dolly is like, I'm oh. dying to have Dolly on the show. Oh, but. oh I bet you get her at some point. I'm you will so get her. Hopeful. It's just a matter of time. We're just knocking on all the doors we can knock to get Garth and Reba and and Trisha. I would love oh, that. Trisha, yes. Right. Oh. Okay. So I was at the Lizzo concert last week. Do you listen to Lizzo? At all? I, I know her, but I don't listen yeah. to her a great deal, but I know yeah. her. I, so I was at the Lizzo, Lizzo concert at the Ryman, which is hilarious. Oh. Trisha Yearwood, front row. <gasps> Absolute front row, losing her mind. It was the most fun. She was singing everywhere. At one uh, point, Kristen, you're sorry. At one point, Lizzo <laughs> leans down and has everyone in the front row singing to the microphone. And the Ryman goes nuts because we all know that's Trisha Yearwood <laughs> singing into the microphone. Lizzo, she, if she knows, she didn't play like she knew. She played, okay. And so the whole crowd is just like, what is happening right now that Lizzo is having Trisha Yearwood sing into her microphone? Oh. <laughs> 
Oh my god. It goodness. was awesome. It was awesome. I can't oh, were her daughters there too, I wonder, or any of her daughters? Oh, well, I, I guess it'd be Garth's daughters. Yeah, I don't know who was with her anyway. There were there were women on either side of her that I did not recognize from the Food Network show that I watch a lot. I watch her. Oh, oh I, I love awesome. her too. Yeah. I love her too. Yeah. My sister in law her daughter played soccer and she would see Garth and Trisha at the soccer fields. Just in Oklahoma. Just in Oklahoma in, outside in Tulsa the Tulsa area. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, Garth would wear overalls all the time and just look like a you know, a dad. Yeah. Just a normal they're just normal people, it seems. Uh-huh. It except seems they're Garth and Trisha. Except they're Garth and so. Trisha. Well, we went Faith and I went last week and we saw this isn't country, but we saw the Jonas brothers and oh. because she loves the Jonas brothers. Did you love so it. It was great. Oh, they're such gentlemen. And you know, they were just they were darling. I've heard they, they are darling. incredibly good live. They are very good. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. And how old is Faith? She's 16. Okay. And how old are your twin boys? uh, 20. Okay. So what is it like having a 16-year-old in 2019? Um, It is, well, I mean, you know, it's scary, but it's it's wonderful. Like, I feel, I just love having a daughter. I love having sons too, but... Um, it's, I mean, it's scary. There's just so much like, you know, into their lives, but she's not, she's not super into social media probably as, as uh, compared to some other girls. So that helps. Why did y'all, is it, did y'all do that or is no, that just her personality? She's just more introverted. Yeah. Um, She's a four on the Enneagram. Okay. So what are you, Kristen? I'm a two. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so, two raising sorry. a four. That's so sweet. <laughs> we I have twos, it. a four, a nine, and then we have two fives. So we have the, the ones that think <gasps> oh, feelings are gosh. it. And then we have two people that think feelings are a dirty word. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's <laughs> so, so funny. So, Does yeah. Enneagram help you with raising kids? I think so. Oh, really? yeah. It helps, I think, explain some things. Like, okay, yeah. all right, well... You know, this is happening. They're they're kind of doing this because this is their natural. Did they self-identify as those numbers? We kind of did it as a family, like just talked about. Yeah, they've self-identified. Yeah, they, yeah. they certainly. Yeah, I didn't yeah. assign them their numbers sure, or anything. Sure, sure. But yeah, like it totally makes sense. Uh-huh. Are the yeah. twins both fives? No, one's, okay, a, one's five a five and one's a nine. Okay. So. The, what's the older one? Uh, five. Okay. So okay. he's, yeah. And then your husband's a five. He's a five. So a five raising a five. <laughs> yeah, oh, married to a two. Gracious. You're like, can I just help all of you? I can, how can I help you, please? Yes, what can I do? And you better tell me the whole thing because I'll, I will, you know, I can kind of almost mind read. Like, uh-huh. I, you're not telling uh-huh. me, what are you not telling me? Yeah, <laughs> I know? have a two in my life and that two's ability to say to me what I didn't say. I'm always like, that's terrifying. I mean, at one point I was like, did I God tell you that? How do you know to say that to me? I mean, but but twos are just so intuitive as yeah, well. It I know, feels like y'all read everyone really well. Well, there are some times where I... I have, I mean, sometimes I'm just sensitive and I, I don't get it right. But sometimes I, there have been things where I, there's been a problem with somebody and they haven't told me about it, but I've sensed that, yeah. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit, you know, is yes, telling, right. telling me this too. That's right. Is directing me first and foremost. But I've gone to them and said, you know, is this a thing? And they're like, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So, okay. Anyway. So but, for families who are like moms or dads who are listening or teenagers who are listening and, Talk about how y'all as a family went through that with the Enneagram where y'all just, did y'all read a book? How'd y'all start those conversations? I think it was, I was reading the Ian 
Cron book. Cron? Is yeah, that his Anne last Cron name? And just, Suzanne Stabile, The Road yeah, Back Suzanne to You. Yeah, Suzanne Stabile. But then I really, really like Suzanne Stabile's one she did all by herself. Oh, The Path Between Us. The Path Between Us. I love that one. I like that one actually more than the, the other yeah, one. Same. Maybe it's because I'm a two and it's all about relationships. It's so helpful. And, yeah, yeah. It's so helpful. But um, we, I was reading that. And so then my husband actually read it too, which is interesting because he usually is not kind of, yeah. um, it's just not his interests, but but he really liked it. And then, so our sons, I think they kind of partly read about it and or just heard me talking about it. And then, you know, they just, they're on, they're somewhat on, on social media and whatnot. Sure. So they look stuff up and, but, you know, it's just something we talk about, like we follow the same accounts on Instagram and then, yeah. you know, just talk about it that way. I mean, that would have to be, I'm not raising anybody currently, but that would have to be a real gift of the internet is when there's Instagram accounts you all follow yes. or when there's things on Twitter you all see yes. that kind of is a jump start for conversation. Yes. yes. I would imagine that's really helpful. Yeah, I think so. I think it is. Yeah, that's a blessing of it. Yeah, it's it's a different way to stay connected. Yeah. So it's... And are the boys in college? They are. Okay. They go to Colorado State, both okay. of them. They room together. Oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> no, fun. It is so fun. They just like each other that much. They do like each other that much. How'd you do <laughs> so, that? How'd you get them to I, like each other? I don't know, because when they were little, I you, I could have sworn that would never happen. It yeah. was World War Three every five minutes. Yeah. Um, well, we had a kind of a thing happen last year where one of our sons, um, he wants to go in the military and he still does. Yeah. He was accepted into the U.S. Air Force Academy and he went, but then he got re- injured in basic, like oh, significantly wow. injured and yeah. had to, had to um, he was medically released. Um, and so kind of it was a year for him. He ended up kind of having a gap year. He worked, he took a, um, a, a class each semester. To get into a service academy is so much work. It is all, his high school was crazy. Yeah. He was in eight different activities on top of other things, uh, you know, on top of youth group and whatnot, sports. Um, so he, that was really his first time in a long time to just sort of like think about, okay, what is it, you know, or what do I, what do I want to do next year? Yeah. And well, um, because of these medical concerns, he couldn't um, like reapply or go back to the Air Force Academy. So he decided to go to Colorado State. And his brother, when uh, James was looking at it, his brother started looking at it too. And they both just really liked it. And they both just really were like, you know what? We like rooming together now, so let's yeah. just, you know, do it there. So, How far um, is Colorado State from where y'all live? Two and a half hours. Oh, that's not bad. No, yeah. no. So we, we've, um, you know, we it ends up being, we get to see him like once a month. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm particularly glad you're on the show today since it's Veterans Day. Yeah. And we can talk about armed forces things. Yeah. Uh, but I would love for you to talk about, when I'm hearing that story, what I'm interested, I'm interested in a lot of it. But when I'm hearing that story, what comes to mind is how do you walk your son through something he planned for and prepared for for so long and losing it so suddenly. Yeah, yeah, since he was, at least since he was 10, I know. It was Because it is was it done hard. for good? It, he can't be in the armed forces ever? No, that's, um, he could still be in the armed forces, but he just needed to try to find a program that wasn't quite so rigorous. Got it, okay. So, um, so that is his, he's he's doing the ROTC at his university, and so, um, which is a uh, another path you take to get into the military. Yeah. So hopefully that still all works out. But yeah, kind of that big left turn. Uh, you know, it was something where, you know, he just felt 
and we all really felt like the Lord was telling him, this is not the end of a dream, but this is not the way you're going to get the dream. You know, mm. sometimes when a door closes, whiz, you know, yeah. we think like, oh, okay, well, that's the end of it. Yeah. And sometimes it's not the end of it. Sometimes it's just like a directional change, mm-hmm. you know, and like you're going to get there another way. And so that's what he really in, f- felt convicted. I mean, it was really hard and to have to kind of say goodbye to your to, to one aspect of the dream because yeah. he had always wanted to go to that school. Yeah. But it was it was helpful to know that okay, if this door is closing, then the Lord's going to open up a better one for me. Yeah. Um, you know, further further down the road. How do you know that's true in your life? Well, because I believe that with every door that's closed in my own life, what has opened up has ended up our family is better off, I'm better mm. off. Um, I've just had the the benefit of time and um, perspective that comes with time to look yeah. back and say, okay, this this really was for me, even though in the moment it did not feel for me at mm-hmm. all, and I wanted the opposite. Yeah, so. and that one of the nice parts about getting older, mm-hmm. I feel it too. Of like even last night, I was kind of having like a well, this isn't fair, and this and this and this, and then I was like, you know, you th- it always feels like this. At this point in the story. So you've done this enough yes. to know that this isn't like a crisis of belief. This is just tonight. Yes. And we'll be fine tomorrow. And yes. We'll, you know? And don't you think that with time, that's what happens with the age, the wisdom of age. I feel like I'm 45 now. And it's like what used to come bring me to a scr- screeching halt is, you know, with age, it's like, oh, okay, this is just more of a speed bump rather than the yes. end of the road. You yes. know, like it's it's going to be okay, Kristen. Yeah, you just become, <laughs> I'm seeing myself, hopefully on my best days, just becoming more aware of what is actually happening versus what I feel. And mm-hmm. I'm a, fe- I mean, we both yes. are. I mean, I like to feel things and I trust my feelings. Right. They can ride, they just can't drive. You know? Yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. they're allowed to ride. I want them here. But, but it's just been interesting. So even as you're talking about your son, I'm mm-hmm. like, man, if I at 20... And I did have a versions of that experience at 20 when I didn't get into the to the major I wanted at my college and where you kind of go like, oh, everything was pointed toward this. Yes. And you know, Annie, I read your book, Remember God, and uh, this past year, and it, 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 we had a lot going on in our family this last year. Between James, we lost my dad at the beginning of 2018. We lost my husband's dad a month later. Mm. So like, you know, just a lot of things. So I read your book and I even texted you. Yeah. I mean, your book's perspective, especially that portion on, you know, the manna when the Israelites were like, what is it? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and how, you know, what look, it can, maybe the blessing is something you don't know what it is because it's something you've never seen before. Yeah. So that played such a big part too into comforting my heart. And I talked to James about it in his heart too during yeah. that during that time mm-hmm. of redirection. And that fight, did you feel like so Backroads to Belonging is your second book. Yeah. The first one, Girl Meets Change. Did you feel like I, I've been thinking as I'm working on another book and as I think back on Remember God, I've been realizing there are times that I have to write through something mm-hmm. because I need I need to get to the other side. Did you feel that with Backroads to Belonging and Girl Meets Change? Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought so. I thought Girl Meets Change was probably a little easier to write because it, it felt like I'd been writing it my whole life. Yeah, I was about to say that. That felt like um, more of your life. Yes, yes it's yes, more yes. of a life, uh, more of my adult life, I should yep. say, as a um, just as a military wife especially. But um, what something that change often takes away is our sense of belonging. So this was, so the second book was kind of a natural outpouring of that. And it used to just be um, change took away my belonging in that we were moved locations all the time. Yeah. And so I had to come up with a new place and people all the time. Yeah. Um, as we've been in Colorado Springs, though, now since two, 2010, 
and, and my husband retired from the military there. He works as he works for the Department of Defense as a civilian. But does he still other, wear a uniform? No, okay, that makes me so sad. I wish he could. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love a uniform. Yeah. But, but anyway. Um, Having my sense of belonging removed has looked more like, you know, losing the dad, our, my dad, my husband's yeah. dad, you know, our children transitioning to adulthood. It, it's more of circumstantial um, as opposed to just, you know, being moved to locations. So I never ask this question because I bet you've answered this a thousand times since the book came <laughs> out, but I'm just so interested. It's okay. Why the title Backroads to Belonging? Because I love the back roads. And yeah. <laughs> um, well, because it to me, it seemed like a good middle ground title because I believe when we have a crisis of belonging, we have two different roads we want to take. We want to take the superhighway of connection that asks us to do whatever it takes to get noticed. Um, and that's kind of exhausting and tiring. But then when we get hurt or rejected, then we want to just stay in our homes and, mm. you know, think, okay, fine, I'm just going to stay in these four walls. Mm-hmm. I don't want to risk it again, so right. I won't be with anybody. So the back roads to belonging is sort of the kind of an in-between option where you're seen less but sense you're belonging more as mm. you remain in Christ and relax into the places and the roles God has you today. Yeah. So I just liked that. I grew up on the back roads. I grew up in the OC. County. Um, Isn't there a movie about that? There is. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, why do I know that yeah. county name? I saw it and I have thoughts on that movie. But anyway, <laughs> as much as it had amazing actors in it, yeah. but it was, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. And actually, I my family lives like 20 minutes from the Pioneer Woman. Like, <gasps> really? We, yeah. So I, I pass the Drummond Ranch anytime we go from my family's house to my husband's. We, so do you, have so, y'all been, have you been to the Merc yet? N- no, I haven't I yet. Haven't I want to so much, but at, when we're there, we haven't just, we just sure. haven't had, had 20 time. minutes from her too. I I mean, it takes yeah. them 20 minutes to get down their road, so you're really close. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should say 20 minutes from their sign off the highway. I yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. But it takes them, yeah, like you said. Yeah. So we're more like 40 minutes probably. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, because it's a lot of gravel roads back there. But anyway, I that's, you know, I just grew up off the back roads. And so I don't know. It's just always appealed to me. And it appealed to me as I felt like the Lord was just saying, you know, why don't you explore this? middle area of belonging, of finding your place and your people, you know, since these other two haven't worked out for you so well. Man, that's so, I mean, one of the costs, there's so many benefits to writing books. One of the costs is we often have to write about the things that are hard for us. Oh, yes. Right. Did that feel true with this one? I mean, especially your sentence of the Lord going, if you don't fit in those other two places, I want you to publicly decide and publicly write about trying to fit here. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's such a good question. Yeah, it was hard. This one was like, whereas I felt back road, or I felt like Girl Meets Change was kind of charmed in some ways, because yeah. um, it was... Um, it's a special book. It's a special book. Well, oh, you're sweet. Well, I'm uh, for me, it's special because it's just real reflective of how far I'd come. Yeah. This one, I felt like I and, and not to say that I still struggle with change sometimes, but I had still come further. This one, I was really like, really in a hard place yeah. during the writing part of it. So it did feel like I was really crawling to the crawling yes. to the next chapter. Yes. <laughs> uh, what do you think that is about spiritually? Why do you think that happens when you're writing? Oh God, I think sometimes I have fear, and then I just don't want to 
face head on, you know, I just, um, it's easy for me not to deal with me. Like, okay, let me help you. Two step. Yeah. yeah. Totally two step. Yeah. Like, let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. But, you know, I, like, that's the good thing about seeing counsel- counseling too. She, <laughs> I have to, like, I pay her that's to right. talk about me. <laughs> so, you know, I have to, you have to do that work. So I feel like, yeah, the Lord is just like, okay, you, you need to deal with these things. Yeah. So, but it's, I, I don't know. It's hard. It, it's hard. Don't yeah, you talk think about, it's hard? Uh, yes. I mean, says the girl who's halfway through a manuscript. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. everything that turns sideways, I go, is this because I'm trying to write a book? Is this just meant to mess yes. with me? Well, that's what I was joking with my counselor. Sometimes I'm afraid to say things out loud because then the you know the enemy's like, hold my beer. Yeah, and, that's exactly right. Yeah, I'm like, I'm making progress here. And the enemy's that's like, right. oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, are Let, you sure? Let's see. Honey. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. So, yeah, you put it in the book and it's like, oh, goodness, here we go. Gird yeah, up my loins. That's right. And I always, I mean, I had a... My, my theory on book writing, and I'm not sure it's true, is that, um, but it does feel like the the place the enemy has the most ability to stop a book is between my head and my hands. Oh, that's so true. But once it's on paper mm-hmm. and once it's to my editor, mm-hmm. I mean, I things can still go sideways, but yeah. nothing can stop it like I can stop it. Exactly. Myself. Yeah. And so that's why whenever things go sideways, like you talked about when you're writing and you go, uh that that probably is because he's trying to stop it going from my head to my hands. Uh, that's yeah, I think so too. And it's easy to. I have a strong one wing, and yeah. so I have that critical voice too. That it's, you know, an, it, the critical voice can be me. It can be somebody else sometimes. But um, yeah, it's hard. It, it's just hard for me to overcome that. Yeah, I have been in counseling consistently for six years. Mm-hmm. What made you start and I mean you don't have to like tell the story, but like what made you jump in and how have you seen having a therapist help you yeah. spiritually? Yeah, I I think what helped me start it was I needed I wanted to deal with some things that I felt like were preventing me from being the be- a, a better wife and mom, yeah. you know? I mean, that's the truth. I really wanted to deal with it so I didn't yeah. pass it pass it yes. on, you yes. know, to my loved ones. And um I heard you say in an interview one time the reason you're you're in the Word every morning is so that you get filled up, so that you're not like taking from. I think it was an interview with Lisa Joe Baker. You're, yeah, like you're not yeah. taking from you know from other people. Yeah. And I, that is like my tendency. Yeah, and so I, so it's you know one reason why I have to have my I like I like to have my Devo time in the morning or my just my Jesus time, whatever you want to call right. it, like being in the Word. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> whatever. All the, all the words. Whatever. But it's also why I'm in counseling um, because it helps me see why I. I do the things I do, but it helps yeah. me also then not take from others what they're not set up or wired or, you know, should be able to give. Yes, yes. So I just think it's so helpful to have someone, my counselor particularly is very like, yeah, that is mysterious. What do we do with that? And I'm like, no, 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 I need a list. I need mm-hmm. you to tell me what to do now. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. my appointment tomorrow, I'm like, there are some things we need to sort out. And I can tell you already, she's going to go, I don't know. Yes. And that's terrible to me but it also has made me grow so much yes. in in my actual faith it may it, it, it me too and it makes me it, my counselor does the same thing. Her name is Gwen, and she's she's always like, "Well, why do you think that happens?" Or she asks me a lot of questions, <laughs> and I always just want her to tell me. Well, That's you right. Know. <laughs> You're like, I'm literally paying you to give me the answers, not to yes. ask me. I came with the questions. Don't send me home with more of them. I know. I think but. the same thing. I think it is such a. Um, I love that it feels like the church mm-hmm. is starting to have a little more, not even acceptance, but celebration mm-hmm. of people 
of faith getting emotional, mental, spiritual yeah, yeah. counseling. Yeah. The way I see everything isn't the only perspective. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shocks <laughs> so, me too. So, yeah, you, I mean, I, the way Jesus speaks through my counselor it, it, in a way that nobody else in my life is able to, mm-hmm. you know, they come to it from a very objective position. They just see it more accurately than yeah. you can see it, than your best friend can see it, than yeah. even your, you know, a, a family member yeah. or whatever. So... A lot of people ask me when we talk about counseling on the show, I'll get tons of emails of how do I find a counselor Mm. and how do I find a good counselor? So how did you find a good counselor? You know, I found one. I asked a a mentor at church and she recommended this particular person. So I know it's one of those things. Was it one and done? Was she right? You went to your first appointment and you're like, we're in. It was, yeah. yeah. And then I've, uh, you know, for other folks in my life, I've asked her for recommendations because I trust her. So. That's that's what I did, but I know my heart my heart goes out to folks that it is you know it's a financial thing too, yes. and it's you know insurance doesn't automatically cover it for right. everybody. So, right. um, yeah, I wish it could be easier. It should be easier for everybody to be able to get it. But. I know. Yeah, I often there's a couple of places here in Nashville that I recommend, and also I think when it comes to the financial part, you just kind of have to go, okay, well, I can afford one time this month. Right. Or I can go once, I can go two times next month, but I at least have a check-in. Exactly. And I think that's, that's very important. You, you can, you know, as, as much as your budget can allow, or as, you know, I'm going like once a month, but there's been seasons where I've only gone once every four or five months, you know, it just, it just depends on. And seasons where I've gone once a week. Yeah. Seasons (laughs) where it's like, like, it doesn't matter where the money's going to come from, but you got problems, Annie. You got to get back in here in six days. <laughs> Parks and Rec where Chris is like going three times a day or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> right. that's right. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation today to tell you about our friends at Rothy's and Third Love who are making this show today possible. I absolutely love when y'all stop me in public, when I see you out and about, when you're wearing your Rothy's and you're wearing your Third Love and you tell me it is just the most fun If you haven't heard about Rothy's yet, they are a company that's making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles. They're crazy comfortable and fully machine washable. And Rothy's has quickly grown to a most love gotta have them brand. It's no surprise they have over a thousand nearly perfect reviews. They're stylish, sustainable, comfortable, washable, really all in one pair of shoes. They're the perfect flats for a life on the go. I absolutely love mine. They are so comfortable. I love getting to wash them. And I can wear them all day and never think about it. And that is not true with a lot of my flats I have. And so I'm really, really grateful for them. And I love getting to wear them. Plus, Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns and exchanges. So there's really no risk and no worries and no reason not to try. And does it blow your mind that Rothy's has diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already? And the fact they're fully machine washable is so helpful. Every time they need a refresh, you simply toss them in the washing machine. It's like getting a fresh pair every laundry day. Rothy's own and operate their manufacturing workshop where they prioritize sustainability every step of the way. And they ship directly in their shoebox, so there's no unnecessary packaging, which I love. These are feel-good flats in more ways than one, you guys. So check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash sounds fun. So go to rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y.com slash sounds fun to get your new favorite flats. They're comfortable, stylish, and sustainable. And these are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash sounds fun today. 
And you know, I got to tell you about our friends at Third Love as well. Like I said, I love how many of you guys are having great experiences with Third Love, just like me. They are the perfect fitting bra because Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who've taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with shape and size in mind for a perfect fit and a premium feel. They have more sizes than most other brands. They offer more than 80 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. And they're convenient. You don't have to go to the store or try on in an awkward fitting room. And did you know that shape matters when you're finding a good fit? And Third Love helps you identify your size and shape and find styles that fit your body perfectly. In fact, they have a perfect fit promise that every customer has 60 days to wear and wash and put your bra to the test. And if you don't love it, return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit styles are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. And returns and exchanges are free and easy. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own. Straps that don't slip and tagless labels so there's no itching. And there's lightweight, super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape. I love Third Love. That's why we love getting to tell you about them. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for every gal out there. So right now they're offering my friends 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash sounds fun to find your perfect fitting bra right now and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash sounds fun for 15% off today. And now back to the show with Kristen. How many different places have y'all lived in your marriage? Well, we, you know, not as many as a lot of military folks. We've lived in uh, 11 different homes, but some of those were multiple homes in the same area. Sure. So, um, because that's a lot over 25 years or something. Well, it, yeah, it was like 19 by the time I, uh, because my husband was in for a while before we got married. So it was, he has a 26 year career, but I was in, I was around for 19 years of it. Okay. Uh, We met at Oklahoma State in Oklahoma, and then we, we were Ohio, um, and then New Mexico, and then Ohio, and Hawaii, and then Colorado. And then he, he had England and uh, Mississippi and Alabama before that. Okay. So, And y'all did, did y'all do overseas as well, or just, just I feel Hawaii. like I remember you going places, but maybe y'all were just going. <laughs> maybe so. Yeah, we did go to, we, we went to, we did take a trip to Europe um, last Two years yes, ago, yes. I asked your advice on That's Scotland. That's right, on Scotland. Yeah. That's exactly right. Everybody, it seems, in the armed forces gets to live in Hawaii at some point. <laughs> yeah. All my friends who are in the armed forces are like, I did two years in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, it goes over there. Yeah, or Europe. David did England before yeah. we were married. But um, So were yeah. you a student at Oklahoma State? And I was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was he as well? He was. He, okay. he, had, he um, had been enlisted and then went back to college to get his degree and then got on the officer track. Okay. So were, did you grow? up and around military? Is that what made Mm-mm. you pick him? Or was that attractive to you? He just looked good. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I like that uniform, sir. No. I mean, we met, uh, we met, he was in civilian clothes. We met, we were both in orchestra. Well, I was in orchestra. <gasps> Wait, he, what'd you play? Uh, my, my, my degree is music, actually. So I did not know that, Kristen Strong. You have a <laughs> yeah. degree in music? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I played, I played oboe. It's very, a very oh, classical. It's beautiful. It, yes. It's in all the movie scores. Like, yes. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a Because you know I'm a French horn player. I didn't know that. Yeah, so we kind of, our, our instruments are kind of siblings <gasps> they in are a lot kind of ways. They are siblings. Yeah, they were the color instruments they yes. get my school. Called yes. them, but oh my gosh! Yeah, so I okay. So you're oboe. an oboe player, and yeah. he was in. He he just was like we were playing Beethoven's Fifth, and they needed a contra bassoon player, and he'd played bassoon in high school, so he somehow found out about it, 
and um, joined in to play this giant, giant. It looks yes. like a tree, practically. Yes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so he so he was sitting behind me, and I remember thinking he was really cute. But I'm like, well, he's out of my league. Um, mm. um, but we just one time in a hallway, we we passed each other and started talking and we talked and it was in a stairwell. We talked for an hour and a half in the stairwell. Uh-uh. Like, yeah. And like, but then we found, well, this is probably more information than you want to know. No, but, I love it. <laughs> but then we found out each other's age. I thought he was younger and he thought I was a little older. I was 18 and he was 26. Okay. So he was like, well, I don't know about that. But then he went home and talked to his sister and his sister was like, you want to give her a chance. And so yeah. anyway, it worked out. But wow. I mean, so on first meeting official, yeah. Yeah. you liked him and he liked you. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> he says he saw me walk across campus and he liked the way I walked. I don't <laughs> I don't know well about done. that. But anyway, that's when I I first remember meeting him was when we were in orchestra together. So what did you, so y'all walk away from each other after yeah. the hour and a half? Yeah. And you and this is 20 something years ago. So it's not like yeah. you can follow him it's, on Instagram. Th- no, this is 93. Yeah. So. so what do you do? You go home and you just wait and hope that you'll yeah. he'll call you? Yeah, because there's no social media. Yeah, because I tried to give him my phone. I said, do you, you want to exchange <laughs> phone numbers? And he's like, oh, no, that's OK. And <gasps> no. I, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, OK, whatever. <laughs> Why did he say no? <laughs> now, what does he say? Because he, he said he thought I was too young. Oh, like, sure, he sure, thought sure. I was just too young and it wouldn't work I out. I mean, so brave so. of you, though. You want to exchange numbers? <laughs> nope. <laughs> OK. I'm going to go it home was and like, tell all my friends how embarrassed I am. <laughs> it really was. So, yeah, I wasn't like on cloud nine because no. I was like, well, that's nice. Right. But we but then the next week he had heard me over say that because um, from a practice or something from orchestra practice that I hadn't. So in that interim, so right after we talked, there it had been Valentine's Day, and he overheard me say that I didn't get any flowers. And so it was on the 15th, he brought me some flowers and he asked me out. And at that point, he was like the janitor also for the music building. So like that was his college job. He was the janitor. So I had to wait till he got off. So like yeah. at, at 11 o'clock, we went and had coffee at a at a coffee shop and talk. It's so college. At 11 <laughs> so o'clock, we went on our first date. If a guy right now was like, can we go out at 11 p.m.? I'd be like, son, I am asleep. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. That's the thing. When you're a kid, it's like the day starts at 10 p.m. That's or exactly whatever, right. But, but yeah, like nowadays, for sure, us, we're we're long since out. Yes. <laughs> what time. were you thinking? Can you remember back? What were you thinking that week between when y'all talked for an hour and a half and when he asked you out? I just couldn't stop thinking about him. I just really... I really liked him. But, yeah. but on the other hand, I was, you know, I had classes, I had stuff going yeah. on, so I was just moving on to the next thing. Yeah. But I was hoping I would run it. Well, I knew I'd run into him again in yeah. music practice, but I was hoping he would, you know, make a, I don't know, initiate a conversation. Yeah. yeah, but you just have to wait. I don't it's know. It's one of the problems we have now is you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. That's true. Because it's uh, it's uh, it's that's true. uncommon um, that someone doesn't have social media or someone isn't. And so, so mm-hmm. women have to think differently. differently. Yes, yes. You know? Oh, that's so true. That's so true. And so I don't know if it was better or worse then. I mean, I guess it seems like it was worse, but it was. I think it was better. Because I, it, what, you know, last night yeah. I was FaceTiming with a friend, and she's in a situation with a guy where she doesn't know what he's going to do. And I said, just pretend like it's 1850 <laughs> and there's nothing you can do. I need you just to wait. Just give him a little of time because of what he's doing and what yes. I know he's out taking care of because uh, of his job. He's on the yeah. road. Yeah. And I was like, you just got to pretend like it's 1850. Oh. Pretend like you can't follow him on Instagram. Pretend like you can't text him. <laughs> 
Pioneer up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need you to pioneer up. That's what I'm going to tell her today, Kristen. I need you to pioneer up. You're going to be fine. That's right. And I'm not telling, I'm, it's very, I'm not like, you can't ever text her. Right. Ever, but in this situation, I'm like, pioneer up. You know, you asked about the having a teenage daughter now, and that is a, that is a thing now with, you know, like, okay, I want to respond right away, but should I wait? That is a whole thing it's that so we did different. not have to deal with 20 yes. years ago. If you didn't hear from them, it wasn't because they didn't like you. you. You know, it was just like there was no way to get a hold of you necessarily, yes. Yes. you know. So. You didn't have a piece of technology in your pocket. Right. Like constantly. if they were at work, they could not call you. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Like, there was, you'd have to wait until they got home in the evening. That's right. I think it's and, Jamie Foxx, but I, maybe a different comedian who was saying that the reason that his dad said the reason me and my wife lasted for 60 years is that we didn't talk all day. Yes. I went to work and then I came like we missed each other every single day. Whereas now you can communicate constantly. Yeah, that's the thing with dating now. You can't communicate. You don't ever leave anybody behind. Like yes. you just don't leave, you know, you don't don't leave where they are. Everybody yeah. goes home with you. Yes. And so yeah. I mean, everybody didn't go home with me. Girl. Well, no, I'm a true. better behaved woman than I, that. <laughs> I didn't mean that literally. I meant like through this phone, through the phone everybody yeah, yeah. goes home. That's right. That's right. Um, but it makes me think back to the belonging feeling. Yeah. Is it's interesting because you write about it in the book about actual closeness physically versus yes. friendships from distance. Because so many of our friends that mm-hmm. do our job, mm-hmm. we don't live in the same city. Right. And right. so it is that same. So I'd love for you to talk about. How do you handle the feeling of belonging when it comes to social media? Because it can feel so lonely, even if you're watching everyone's lives all day. I know. I I think it just contributes to that sense of loneliness. I think like we were talking earlier, whereas, you know, I used to leave school or what have you uh, or a building and I would go home and the only people you were around was your family, close friends, a few neighbors, you know, maybe a close friend or two, but then your neighbors everybody follows you now. So how I handle it, I, I only, I have Instagram on my phone, but I don't have Facebook. I don't have Twitter because I, for me, and this isn't, I'm not saying this for anybody else, but I feel like the Holy Spirit was convicting me is if you checked in less often, you might feel like you belonged more (laughs) because you're not so. That's a sentence. If you you checked in less often, you might feel like you belong more. And I think so many times we do belong in lots of places, lots of good places, but we discount that because we're so busy and we we discount the places we already belong. And so we then compensate for that by trying to belong in more places than we've been designed to, Ooh, you girl. know, preach so, that. So, so how, what made Instagram on your phone the right thing, but not the others? Because it, I feel like it feeds me more than it takes away. Yeah. I, I, it's just, I like to look at the pretty pictures. Yeah. I like to say the, see the amazing things that Annie Downs and others well. are putting on there. <laughs> like, I mean, it, I'm able to, I, for whatever reason, I can keep that in perspective. It doesn't, yeah. I don't get the FOMO thing yeah. so much from that. Whereas from, from Facebook and just Twitter, um, maybe not so much Twitter um, as much as um, Facebook, but just, I don't know. It's just for some reason in my head, it it, it, it twirls things into a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm going to say, I don't have Facebook or email on my phone. Yeah. Oh, see, I should, I sh- I'm thinking about the email too. Because well, when you're traveling, it's different. So you flew yeah, here I did. to hang. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's like, if I'm on the road, I usually mm-hmm. will put it on just in case I need a flight confirmation or something. Yes. But on my day to day. That's such a good idea, though. Dr. Phil tells you that <laughs> you teach people how to treat you. And so if you oh. teach people that they can get you on email 24 hours a day, they think they, they can get think you on they 20, can. email 24 hours a day. And they can't get me on email 24 hours a day. They can get me on email during work. And even then, I'm not great at it. 
<laughs> well, it becomes a little like overwhelming. It's like, oh my gosh, I, there's just so much email. But. Yes, there's so there's just so much email. Yeah, and I I have found Facebook to be the one that I feel like makes me feel that like I'm doing the the least. I'm doing the least. Yeah, maybe that's it with me too. I feel I should be doing what these people are doing professionally or like then I feel bad because I'm not at this family event because yes. we don't have family where we live. Yeah, it just I just feel bad when and I people see people from high school that they're all getting together and I wasn't able to be there. And ugh, I feel bad yeah. about that. Yeah. And, yeah. It yeah, it just makes me feel bad whereas Instagram, it just it, I don't know if it's a simpler format. Yeah. Um, part it's, I'm sure that's part of it, but it just for whatever reason, I can take it better. Yeah. And I would say to people, if if you feel the opposite, mm-hmm. if Facebook makes you feel safe and at home and like mm-hmm. you belong, but Instagram makes you mm-hmm. feel sideways, yeah. get rid of Instagram. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think the one thing the Lord worked on with me through this book was sometimes it is okay not to belong. Like oh, you're, talk about that. You're yeah. not supposed to belong everywhere. I yeah. mean, um, my friend Selena says... Rejection is often God's protection against what's not in our best interest. Mm. And so what is feels like rejection in the moment is actually our protection. And, you know, I think sometimes with, um, you know, whether it's dealing kind of with unfollows or, you know, people whose circles you want to be in but you can't be in, that for whatever reason, you know, we all have our bandwidth that we have, like, a t- time for for people and and we have to invest in what I call our priority people. Mm-hmm. You know, our our family members, you know, whether they're under our roof or or not, but um, you know, close friends, whatever that looks like in your life. And beyond that, you know, if if we're if somebody's not if we're not in somebody else's circle, then we're not called to be in their circle and we're outside of their bandwidth. We have people outside of our bandwidth. We can't have everybody in our life yeah, all the time. Yeah. And so just sort of reconciling that and being okay with that yeah. by looking, okay, where do I belong, though? If Jesus walked this earth with people, then it's his plan for us to walk this earth with with some people, too. So maybe I need to be investing more in the people he's already given me as opposed to looking for places um, and people to belong with it. You know, it's just not meant to be for me. How do you figure that out? How do you figure mm-hmm. out where you belong? Well, I know it's tricky because when I was a military wife, I mean, in moving everywhere, I, I needed to find people in my town. I mean, it couldn't just, I couldn't, you can't just not do that. You do need actual people. Right, you have to have humans. So sometimes there is, so that's what one thing I hope for this book is it's um, twofold, like uh, it's it's confirmation that, okay, I'm going to kind of narrow my focus, and, it's, and I think that expands our sense of belonging, narrow my focus onto where I do belong today and invest in those relationships. But also it gives, I think, practical tools and ideas for um, expanding our sense of belonging when we really need to. And there's mm-hmm. times when we need to. It's like, okay, I get that if I'm not in this person's circle, yeah. but fine, but I need to, what can I do to kind of find the, the, find the people that I need? Yeah. And so, you know, I always just... I always just feel like it just takes time and it takes work. And I have I tell a story in here about how at one point we were in a church for a while and I kind of had felt like I belonged. But then I went to this evening event and like everybody's just kind of cozied up and I couldn't find a, you know, a group to kind of break into or where I yeah. felt comfortable just walking up to and saying hi. And so I go into the bathroom and I just start kicking the door, <laughs> kicking oh. the bathroom door because I was so frustrated. Yeah. Like, okay. And that to me is the hard part when, when it's one thing when you don't feel you belong because you're new somewhere and you know it's going to take time. But then once you've been there a little bit and you feel like, okay, enough time has passed. It is time for me to belong now. I've done now. the work. I've yeah, done the work. I'm yeah. doing all the right things. Why isn't this happening? And 
you know, all I mean, I know every situation's different and, and every um every person is different, but it's often because we just give up too soon and we have to just mm. keep at it. And you know, I come from a family of farmers. They work a lot before they see any harvest, <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot, a lot. And sometimes it's the same with us. To get the harvest, we just got to put in a little bit more work. I think farmers, I think I think not being a part of an agricultural community mm-hmm. has hurt my faith mm-hmm. because I actually think what farmers and cowboys and outside people yes. are learning yes. that I don't learn on my computer mm-hmm. is that weather happens and mm-hmm. things take time and there's seasons to sow and seasons to harvest. Mm-hmm. And I just have, um, I think I'm missing out. I have to intentionally think about that. Whereas it's, mm-hmm. you go like, well, my whole life I watched plants not come up the day they planted them. Right. It, ta- it took time. Yeah. Yeah. It takes time. And um, and in this, in our Western culture, we don't like things that take time. We right. want it and we want it now. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's just often the case in my life. You know, I've just had to persevere you know, finding our place of belonging takes perseverance. It, yeah. it, you know, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't usually happen very quickly. How do you know when to switch churches? Or oh, when that's to such a good question. Give up or when to, I've done, mm-hmm. how do you know when you've done everything mm-hmm. you can do? to belong. Yeah, I think, yeah, and we've been there before too, where we have switched churches. I think it's a Holy Spirit conviction, a uh, large part of that. And another part is where you you can look back on your history there and go, okay, well, you know, we have done these things to try to put ourselves out there and we're just not met with any kind of a response. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's at some point it's time to fish or cut bait, yeah. you know, but then there's been times where we, we have, I mean, it's, I guess it's Holy Spirit led and kind of maybe you talking with a, you know, a trusted one, yes. you know, it would, in your life um, about what's the difference. Cause we've had the same instance happen where, okay, it was, we, we left the church simply cause it just wasn't a right fit for us. But then the same things were going on and we stayed cause we felt right. like we were supposed to. Right. So it's just one of those things you just, you just pray on and, um, look, look, look back at the history and say, okay, is, you know, did we put ourselves out there enough? Should we do this, you know, you know, give it until, you know, X amount of time to put ourselves out there some more and then, and then head out. And I would say my other thought would be, especially for single men and women, Mm -hmm. someone else needs to speak into it. Yeah, exactly. Don't make that decision by yourself. It's time for me to give up. I'm going to switch churches or jobs or friend groups or cities. That mm-hmm. shouldn't be a decision you make in independent. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I and there's been times where, you know, my husband and I aren't sure, but then I'll talk to somebody or he'll talk to somebody and it's and they'll speak a word like, Oh, it's so clear now. Okay. Yes. I didn't know before you know, we didn't know before, but yeah. now it's now it's really clear. So. I mean, I when I our church went through a really hard season about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I was deciding whether to stay or leave, I was visiting another church and that other pastor said to me, mm-hmm. Are you sure? Mm. you're doing, you need to go all in somewhere. Which one mm. are you going to go all in on? Mm. And I was like, man, that's the, that's the Lord telling me to say. say right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, that was one of the most generous things that pastor could have ever done for me. Right. By giving me the invitation to mm. leave them and go back. Yeah. And very selfless. Yeah. yeah wow. It was, yeah. That's but amazing. I just think it's always, I can make accidental decisions by myself. Really oh, and I can justify easily. anything or, oh, you know. Yeah. For sure. I cannot pioneer up very <laughs> well by myself. That's but right. when I say to other people, 
I'm pioneering <laughs> up, you guys. We're going to do it. We're going to be patient, you know. Right. I mean, I just think it's important to invite people in. One thing I've seen you do really beautifully, Kristen, is mm-hmm. when you think about the belonging is I feel like you are – and Shannon Martin is this way too. Mm-hmm. Y'all are super vocal about belonging with your family, belonging in your community, but also caring about racial injustice mm-hmm. and caring yeah. about people who don't feel like they belong. Yes, yes. How do we do that in our lives? How do we make people from other racial backgrounds, other sexual orientations, other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, socioeconomic classes, people mm-hmm. who maybe don't feel like they naturally fit with us? Mm-hmm. How? Because they belonged with Jesus. Right. How right. do we 100%. help them belong with us? Yeah. I, th- I, I think seeing them like Jesus means like talking to them. <laughs> Yes. You know, not just seeing the difference that you might have, because hello, I mean, we have differences with everybody, you know, I mean, you and I have, I adore you, but I'm sure we have differences. differences, I'm sure we're different people. So it's, we would naturally have differences. Um, I think um, talk, talking to them, getting to know them. Um, I, I have a dear friend, Selena is her name, and she and I struck up a conversation after I was speaking at a military wives event and, or military spouses event, I guess it was. And um, it was right after the Ferguson um, issues going on in Ferguson in Missouri. Yeah. And so I just asked her, can you tell me from your perspective? Is she black? She is black. Okay. I didn't say that. No, Sorry. That's great. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, she is. A, she's a woman of color. And um, I just said, can you tell me from your perspective what is, you know, the, how the situation looks in Ferguson? And she has told me multiple times how meaningful that was to her that I asked for her perspective. And, mm. you know, so I think just being a good listener and we still get together, she and her husband and my, me and my, my husband and I, we all get together. We talk about everything from affirmative action to, you know, should you stand or is it okay to take a knee during the national anthem? I mean, like all the things. Yeah. And it's just a safe place to, you know, to have those talks. And we often agree on things or see things the same, but sometimes we don't. Yeah. And it's it's just a safe place to do that. So I think just seeing people as people and not a platform or not, mm. you know, whatever their banner issue you may feel is, Yeah. <laughs> but just talking to them as a person. And, and you know, the, the biggest gift you can give somebody is the gift of being seen. Yeah. And I think if you're, you know, just asking them how their kids are doing or what, you know... Whatever initiates that conversation to get to know them more, not to be afraid to do it. So talk a little bit about military family life in that. How, for our friends who are listening that are spouses or in the military, Mm -hmm. you move so much. You Mm -hmm. make new friends all the time. Mm -hmm. How do you, in that environment, how do you actually live a life where you can belong? Well, you know, in some ways in the military community, it happens quickly. If you if you live on a base or a post, I mean, I remember one time. What's we, the difference? A base would be like an Air Force base okay. or an Army post. Okay. Um, and um, so it's but just. But they both are gated. They're both gated, yeah. You both are living in a neighborhood. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. They're both like on base, which yes. often, depending on your husband's job, sometimes you have to live on on there, on, on, the, on the base or post. But I remember one time we'd lived, we'd been in some place, well, we'd probably been there about six Six months, but somebody else had just moved in. And I went over to her and said, hi, my name is Kristen. Oh, this was around Thanksgiving. I said, hi, my name is Kristen. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so some ways you kind of belong quickly because yes. you're all, if you're in that environment where everybody's kind of used to finding their place in their people quickly. Yeah. And so you, it, it, it happens in warp speed. 
But then there's other times where it doesn't. And, you, you know, people, we all, like I said earlier, we all have limited bandwidth and often people have their people. So you, you're not going to get an invite over to do something because they just don't have the space for it, you know? So... I was just, you know, my whole thing was like, open up, show up, and pray up. <laughs> like, so open, open up, up, open up my up, house, up. Mm-hmm. Okay. open up my house, invite, you know, be the one to invite some folks over, show up where other people are that, you know, are in maybe a similar life stage than you. Um, I met one dear friend. She's still a dear friend of mine today. And I met her 15 years ago because we, or 20 years ago, because we kept showing up at the same park at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, and then pray up again, just praying about it because the Lord cares that you belong. Mm. He, um, yes, we know we belong ultimately as Christ's beloved and God's daughters and sons, but we also, he wants us to know belonging in our environments. And so, um, you know, taking those concerns to him and letting him, you know, see where he, what road he directs you, what road he directs you toward. How does Veterans Day feel different for you than it does for me? Mm. Oh, I just feel so grateful for not only the not only the the freedom and the sacrifice, which I know you feel grateful for too, yeah. of our of our servicemen yeah, and women, sure. but just for all they sacrifice at home too. It's yeah. Tell me that uh, part that the, I don't know. Yeah, them and their families. I mean, they they don't get to see every birthday party or every baseball game, or you know, they um, especially with. Um, kind of the way deployments are now, um, you know, it's often not so much with Air Force, but I know with Army and other branches too, it's like, you know, a year home, a year gone, a year home, a year gone. Wow. And and that's that's really tough on marriages. It's tough on families. It's a... A year it, gone is a long time. It is a long time. And that's just a rough. I mean, sometimes it might be less, but sometimes yeah. it might be more. Um you just, you miss a lot. And then, you know, there's resentment and there's all kinds of difficult things that come into the, to the, their relationship dynamics. But, um, I'm just so grateful because that's a huge sacrifice too. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not just, um, the work they do overseas or at whatever, at whatever place they're stationed or, or they're deployed. That's a, that's, you know, important work. It's, it's often, um, you know, it's, it's certainly a sacrifice, but often at home too, there's just a, there's a big, a big sacrifice there too. So what can civilians do like me do Mm -hmm. to make veterans and military Mm -hmm. families feel cared for? Sure. I think just asking how they're doing and maybe, you know, if there is a a loved one in your life that, that is married to somebody who's a military officer, not, um, not just saying, you know, let me know what I can do for you, but but coming up with a couple of suggestions. Can mm-hmm. I bring you a meal next Thursday? Uh-huh. Do you need an extra set of eyes on your kids right now for that doctor's appointment? Um, yeah. You know, um, specific things like that are so helpful because military spouses, they're not just a spouse. They're, they wear 14 different hats. You know, their mom, their dad, their aunt, their grandma, their, you know, or, right. you know, they're... They kind of just fill all those roles themselves, um, unless, you know, on the offhand chance they might have family nearby, but usually that's not the case. So, yeah. So, you know, any kind of, I think, again, just being seen, um, you know, I think military spouses are heroes on the home front. I think they're, Mm. they do so much behind the scenes that's just never really seen or, or praised. So I think kind of just naming that, um, you know, even even just a few words of encouragement. You know, I think you're amazing. What you do every day is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I think that goes a long way. Yeah. What do you still have a lot of military wives in your life and spouses? Oh, in your life, yes. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. They're some of my closest. I mean, they're we call them family. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Just um, 
near and dear women uh, and families, men too, that from the beginning, I remember when we moved to Hawaii, I didn't know a soul. And so I just asked my husband's commander's wife, can I put you down on the, you know, the emergency form, yeah. <laughs> like for the kids? Because, yeah. you know, and I assume you're, you know, you're, a, you, and she you're is, trustworthy. Yeah, I'm sure, you're sure you'll take care of them if something happens. <laughs> if something yeah. happens. And, she, and she's still one of my dear friends today. But um, so from that to just, you know, they're, they're the ones that often show up at your kids' games to cheer them on or concerts or, you know, whatever. So they, you know, it becomes like a real, a real part of your family. And the other thing, I, I mean, I just would imagine... It takes a lot of character to be a military person or military family mm-hmm. when our administration changes. Yes. Because you yes, just have you. to keep obeying the commander yeah. in chief. Yeah. He's the boss. So you, yeah. you liking or not liking him is irrelevant. Right. You know, it's just you, it's the boss. So yes. how, wherever you work, you have a boss. You have to, there's a certain, yeah. Thing, yeah there's just, things to do and not to do. Yes. <laughs> so. I would imagine that takes, that takes something from your husband. In, in like a growth mm-hmm. in a character way and take something from our military to go, yeah. whoever is there. Yeah, whoever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That, that's who you, he's your commander in chief. Yeah, he's the boss. So yeah. you, yeah, you res, you respect the boss. Yeah. So will yeah. you just for two seconds or however long you want, but after two seconds, will you just kind of talk to our military mm-hmm. families and tell mm-hmm. them, tell them what's on your heart for them today? Sure thing. Well, I just would want um, every military um, family member to know that I, I'm just one person, but I see you. I see you. I see the job you're doing raising your, your children, whether you're the member at home or you're the member that's deployed. Um, I see you just being invested in their lives, caring so deeply. And I, I just want to encourage you that what a gift in so many ways you're giving your children. You're giving them a life that helps them see the world naturally, not just as ending at your own driveway. Mm-hmm. You help them see a world that extends far beyond. You help them see people. You're raising kids that see the lonely kid at the lunchroom table and welcome them in because they've known what it's been like to be the one that they that has been the new person at a school or a work environment or what have you. You're, you're raising people that see those that are on the fringes and welcome them in. And that is just no small thing. And you're, you yourselves are seeing the people on the fringes because you have also been on the fringes yourself and you know what that's like. And so you're um, developing the heart of empathy, of compassion, and the Lord's using that to help develop that in your children as well. And it's really remarkable and is hard and difficult. And as there's struggles that are um, that I will in no way minimalize, there are also good things and blessings that you will see passed down um, from you to your children to other generations as well. That'll just so. make me cry. That is really beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you oh, for that. Thank you, Annie. Um, is there anything we didn't talk about you want to talk about? <sighs> I just could talk. I adore you, and I, I could talk to you for three hours. I know. That's how I feel. I'm like, this is so <laughs> yeah. great that we're in the same room. I just love it. Well, the last question we always ask, because oh. the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what you do for fun. Well, my, I was asking my daughter this, who's out in the other room. Um, but I'm like, what do I do for fun? And she, <laughs> she's like, well, you read a lot. And then like, um, I, we like to watch Netflix shows together. I, yeah. I sound like an 80-year-old. No. But I really do love to read. You know what else? I, I love to have tea. Party. Reading is not an old person sport, <laughs> no. by the way. And no, drinking tea is, is not. not an old person sport either. So <laughs> It isn't. But, you know, just I, I, I like to read too. and drink tea. You so. know, I don't drink coffee. I'm a tea person. You, oh, yeah. Chai. We both. Both yes. love chai. Yes. I have to have a chai latte twice a day, morning yes. and afternoon. 
I have to. <laughs> do you make them? I do. Big train. Big chai train is where it's at. <laughs> I mean, could they just sponsor my life? They are so good. Big train is so, so good. good, and it's in Boulder, in my neck of the woods. Really? So, yeah, it's out of Boulder, Colorado. <gasps> you so. need to just go. You need to go tour the factory. I, I should. I'm sure it's not a factory. I'm sure it's a kitchen or something. But <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm it's, sure it's so. You make it at home. What's your? Do you have a frother? Are you like all the I, way in? I do have a frother that I use in the winter. But I I just do part almond milk, part chai, and, and, there it and is. heat it up. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll get them at Starbucks. I'll get them sure. at uh, whatever coffee shop. Yep. Um, but I, I'll i make them, too, because, you know, it's cheaper than Yeah, I was going to say, at some point, you can't spend $10 <laughs> no. a day on chai. I can't. Maybe no, you can. No. I need to go to counseling more than that, Kristen. <laughs> I can make my big train at home and pay for no, counseling. No. That's how I pioneer up. I That's make right. it at home. That's right. That's right. Um, what are you reading right now? I am reading uh, Louise Penny's Still Life. The, oh, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. it. I'm not a mystery book person. Yeah. But, oh, this book, the protagonist in it, He, I want him to come speak into my life. It is, <laughs> so it's fiction, and it's great. And then I read... Um, before that, I finished Jane Austen A Life because I love Jane Austen. And I, I saw too. Emily Freeman had yeah. recommended it. And it's just a real deep dive Is into it her, her life. personal life? Yeah, <sighs> like it's all about her life. she died super young, right? Very young. Uh, what was she, 41, I think? Yeah. And never so, got married? Never got married. She was awesome. engaged for 24 hours. Or not <gasps> even. What? She was engaged for tw- 12 hours, I think, like overnight. And then she had a heart change in the morning. Realized she didn't love him. And it was a guy who had significant... Like he had income property, so it was going to be a really good match. But so the night that night, she said yes to his proposal. But in the morning, she turned him down. My girl, Jane Austen. <laughs> she ain't doing it for money. She, she ain't, ain't doing, doing it. it she for was going to do it. She was doing it for love. Yeah. And okay, I need to read so, that. I haven't read that one yet. So. I'm currently reading the Overstory. Have you heard of this one? No. It's told from the perspective of trees. Oh it's my goodness! I love trees. Yeah, I love Christy Purifoy's placemaker. She talks yes. about trees. Yes, in there. yes, yes, but, yes. Okay. Oh, I got to write this down. Over yes. story. Overstory. The overstory. There's okay. a couple of us that um, that read really weird stuff together. Oh, <laughs> that's the that's oh. the next one we're reading is just the overstory. So, I got to find that. Yeah, it's pretty thick. I get a little intimidated in 2019 by thick books. Yes. And t- in 1999, that was a dream because what else was I going to do? Right. But now I see a thick book and I'm like, oh, there's so much on Instagram I got to get done today. Is your new book then, is it more like the chapterettes? Like your uh, I don't know yet. Book? Don't know yet. Okay. It's probably it, it's probably shaped the most like Remember God versus Looking okay. for Lovely. Okay. Um, okay. But it um so it still has it has chapters. Yeah, but still it was it just is such a good book that I just so devoured sweet. it. So I was Thank thinking you. it was chapterettes, but it really wasn't. Yeah. No. But I this one goes timeline like that a little bit. I okay. Think. Okay. I mean, we'll know and it's due in <laughs> weeks, so we'll see what happens. Oh, it'll be amazing. Oh uh, well, you know, I we, we just do the best we can, right? So. Well. They Amen, sister. Thank yeah. you for doing this. Oh, I'm grateful. You. I'm so I, thankful for you. I'm so thankful for you, and I just adore you, Annie. Mutual, Dale. mutual. Oh. oh, you guys, isn't she the best? I just feel like what a gift she gave us today to explain 
a life I've never experienced and to really speak into the lives of the people who are living what she has known for so long. So again, thanks so, so much to all of our veterans. Everyone serving our country means a whole lot to us. Make sure you grab a copy of Kristen's new book, Backroads to Belonging, and follow her on social media. Tell her thanks so much for all of her time and all of her kindness and for flying to Nashville to do the interview. And I am just so, so, so thankful. Hey, if you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F. Downs all over the place. F as in simplify, because that's something the Marines say, right? I'm staying on brand today with the Veterans Day. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Thanks, thanks, thanks again to everyone who has served or is serving our country. And go out and do something that sounds fun today, friends. And I will do the same. And we'll see you back here on Thursday. Y'all have a great week.